Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, hello, and welcome to Building a Mystery. I'm your host, Ephemeral Lagazi. Boo! Ha <laughs> Gotcha. That's my thing. With me, as always, is my co-host and total equal in every way, with the exception of a few racist comments, Paula Scream. Howdy, y'all. Now, I think we can all look past them racial comments, and I think that we can just move on to the things that are important, like incorporeal food. Boo! She nailed it. <laughs> All right, today on Building a Mystery, we'll be building a real favorite. Everybody loves this. Uh, You bring your friends over, you want to have a party. This is a piece of urban legend with falsified internet history to make it seem ancient going back to the Middle Ages, everybody. I just love this. I serve it every Halloween to all my guests, and they all just go out of their goddamn minds for it. Truer words never spoken there, Paula. I mean, my friends lose their shit when I make this. It's a classic recipe. It, it borrows a little something old, something new. It's like the wedding of recipes for scary people. That it is, Paula. Once again, you have nailed it. All right, so for this mystery, what we're going to start with is your standard thin, watery ghost tail base, okay? Then we're going to spook it up a notch. Boo! We're going to add in some white lies, okay? It's really going to change the flavor. Well, if there's any lies that are the best, them's the ones. Why, even Italians like you can enjoy that. Play with fire, Paula. Speaking of which, I'll turn the oven on to 425. Thank you. Now to this thin, watery, ghost story base. We got some white lies going in there. Now we're going to add some creepy pasta. Now I know what you're thinking. What the f*** is that? I had the same question. Paula, tell them about creepypasta. Creepypasta's the best because there ain't no GMOs in there. You get all the flavor, all the texture, double the price. And you got you to gotta spend if you want to impress. That's what I always say, spend to impress, okay? Yeah, you, you really covered it there, Paula. I was going for more like uh, creepypasta is ghost stories told by kids who played Mario Brothers too much. Anyway, and then you're going to add a falsified backstory on the internet, including photo-manipulated manuscripts and etchings from the Middle Ages. Now, where I come from in the South, if you want to manipulate a photo, you're going to have to get the scissors out. Well, not this recipe. You can do it all on polyscream.com. I don't know how the hell to use the internet, but they tell me it's on there. So I think you should go on there 
Give it a looky. Go to paulascream.com. Go to ephemeralagassi.org slash net. All right, so we've got our base in there. we got our ingredients. We're going to throw that in the oven at 425. Thank you, Paula. All right. And uh, now while with that cooks, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, falsified internet history urban legends. I like to reduce falsified urban history legends down to a nice uh, simmering broil. And then I, I like to put in just a few old moth-eaten raiments from the cemetery just down the street, shop local. All right. Now, now you like to you like to you like to boil down history a little bit. There. I mean, for example, uh, one thing that didn't make your reduction: the Holocaust. You don't believe in it. I don't believe it adds anything to the flavor of history when you're putting it in your meals. Now, I like to replace it with some muslin soaked in butter. Just slather it on there. If you don't slather, something's the matter. Right you are, Paula, and as Johnny Cochran taught America, if it rhymes, it has to be true. Who? Now, while our base heats up, Paula, Paula's chopping up a little bit of extra something. We're going to spook it up a notch. Boom! Paula, what are you chopping up that end of that? I've got some glazed scarrots right here. I've used my family recipe from the South. Basically, all they are is carrots covered in muslin, covered in butter. Slathered. Because if you don't slather, it don't matter, right? That's my phrase, ephemeral. You shut up. Don't you dare use it. That's from the South. Boo, boo, boo. Spook it up a notch. How's it How's it taste in your mouth, huh? Okay. I bet it doesn't taste like it's from the South. All right, back it down there, Paula. So these carrots are going to be put in here. Right after it comes out of the, the oven, you just want to slide them on in there. They're going to be hot and ready. You're going to be hot and ready. The oven's going to be hot, so don't touch it. But it don't matter because you're probably dead. All right, we got our base coming out. You notice it's reduced nicely. It's got a nice thin gloss to it. Now I'm going to pull this up. God damn it, that's hot. Told you. All right, our mystery is cooling nicely. Now we're going to reincorporate that with a little bit. And now early on, I held back some of the thin watery base. We're going to reincorporate that, and it's going to provide a really nice uh, uh, sauce for our mystery. You're just going to want to suck it out of the dish once it's done. Yeah. It's going to be that good boo suck it right out of the dish all right here we go i'm gonna serve this up now actually i'm using my mom's nice plates for this paula because you're you're as always an audit guest it's a special day it says my mom's china uh don't break it uh there you go there's a there's an, a heap and help into this mystery for you i got i got plenty for me you gotta spoon a little extra sauce i'm already done good could have used a little bit more muslin covered in butter slathered i have yet to taste it and yet we are out of time so i will have to take your word for it, Paula. So for this episode of Building a Mystery, I'm Boom! Ephemeral Lagazi. With me as always, my lovely co-host, Paula Scream. Paula, say goodnight. <laughs> Paula is occupied with what I think is a dish rag. Good night, everybody. And good evening. Welcome to a racially charged episode <laughs> Blurry photos. Oh, you can't you can't do that person without no. without touching the subject. Nope, that's why she's famous. I mean, that and the butter lording. <laughs> Lord, where's my butter messiah? <laughs> and then I felt like I mean, it felt like you know that part and that everyone the, the scariest part in the first Lord of the Rings, or maybe mm -hmm. it was the last one where. Where kindly old Bilbo gets like crazy face about mm -hmm. the ring. <laughs> yeah. And like when Paula Dean lost all that weight and then she just looked like that all the time. <laughs> that's the. 
My sister was a, I mean, I'm, I'm ambivalent to cooking shows. There's that one woman whose name I can't pronounce. And she looks like she's got the alien in her mouth. (laughs) Giada. She, she looks like she, I I thought she was famous just for being like an attractive. She's good looking, but when she smiles, it's like the alien smiling. And I swear there's a smaller alien head in her mouth that goes ching, 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 ching. Wow. I don't care who I hurt. I guess not. Had a long discussion today about um, the importance of anti-defamation insurance, or I think it's just defamation insurance. <laughs> I bought, I got it. Well, we should get it for this, but yeah, whatever. Find me, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does not care who he hurts. I'm David Stecco. I'm David Flora. That'll help your search. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You've already found blurry photos. Yes, you did. And we're building a mystery. No, we don't build them. We just we just write the manuals. <laughs> <laughs> we're the technical writers for the the mystery industry. <laughs> the the mis the mindustry. Oh. Mindustry. M- mindustry. You what? Mm. The ninjustry. Ah, uh, yep. Well, we're off to that start. Yeah. I uh, hello everybody. I'm happy to be back for my mystical trip from beyond time and space. You went. You went across a state. Yeah, on I, two wheels. I was a righteous participant in Ragbri, which stands for the Register's annual Great Bike Ride across Iowa, four hundred and eighteen miles of pure Northern Iowa deliciousness and fun this year. Wow, you you rode through hell and back. Uh, it was only crappy one day. It was uh-huh. one bad day of weather. And other than that, it was glorious and fun, and everyone was nice. And I I kept. I got the idea once I was already out there, which was too late because it's not like you can go to a craft shop once it starts. And uh, I even tried to attach a sign to my back that said, ask me about the unknown. <laughs> and we're the, having it. Yeah, no, I, the sign wouldn't stay on. And when it finally blew off, I was like, I'm not stopping my bike to go back and get it. That's just <laughs> me littering now. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun, and it was it was cool. I'm going to do it again next year. I'm going to talk Mr. Flora into doing it with me. He's going to try to talk. That's right. Doing it. And I'm going to talk all of our listeners into doing it. We can make a blurry photos team. That'd be fun. Yeah. Be fun. You guys can be like, hey, Stecco, be funny. And I'll be like, <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. This is stupid. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I... The only thing I can think of in that is giving you, the listener, the tip. If you ever meet a comedian, a stand-up, an improviser, a person who does sketch comedy, never, ever, ever say the phrase, say something funny. It's the worst thing you can say to a person. Yeah. Nobody comes up to you and asks you to do their taxes immediately you're right there on the spot if you're a fan of dead-eyed stairs however you'll find fewer more effective tools that's true any there you go there's there's your psa uh so don't don't ask uh, uh, dave to say something funny but uh uh, we'll we'll talk about uh the unknown and all all ride long yep now let me ask you this was it worse uh on your cardio system or was it worse on your your muscles doing this um you know what i Truth be told, n- neither. The worst part is what I will euphemistically refer to as one's saddle. You oh. need, you need, like, I trained for this for a while and I realized pretty early on it's the training. I mean, it, it helps to, you know, be ready. Like, 
get your body ready to ride a lot. I mean, it's like it, it averages out to like like 70 miles a day or so. It, like what you need is leather nethers. Like the the real payoff for a lot of training is it just gets you used to being in a bike seat for a very long time. And that's that's really what you need. You can't afford to have like saddle sores or anything. And I didn't. I like I came out fine with that. And I think that was that's the hardest part. Like you get tired occasionally, but you you know, you you you're very used to it and it and it you recover instantly from it, but it's the it's the being on a bike seat for, you know, 6 hours a day. And you have breaks and you get off a lot, but that's that's the real gem of training is to get ready to be on a bike seat all day. Leather nethers. Leather nethers. That's my um the uh, trademark phrase. You can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> Flora, what do you got going on? Oh god. <laughs> I'm the opposite. Yeah, my body say, is falling other, apart. The other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Threw my threw my back out. Poor guy. Getting better. Rethrew it out. So it's uh it's it's not the best. In fact, it may be the opposite of that. Yeah, I mean, if anyone who's ever hurt their back knows that there's it's just the worst. You can't you can't write a letter without your back hurting. Um, so just trying to deal with that. Womp womp. Wamp wamp. But uh, some fun stuff on the horizon, including Rinfair. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. It's time for us to. Journey back in time to a world before refrigeration. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go to Renfair and Man. be assholes. The when we first started this podcast—that's <laughs> right. It was uh, one one of our one of our first episodes was after a long day at ye old Renfair. Yeah, maybe was it our actual first? Maybe our second? It may have. I think it was, Cup, th- yeah, it was second or third. Yeah, I, th- I think it was Jersey Devil. For was some it reason. Jersey Devil? For some Jersey? reason, I think that's what well, it was. One of those, one of those first few. And here we are, two years later. Boom. Two g- damn years later. Two years, and did we have two of anything else, Flora? Uh, we had one of something. Uh, last year, we were uh, finalists for uh, a Parsec Award. Oh well, I wonder if that'll ever happen again. <sighs> We're a finalist for a Parsec Award again. That's right. I haven't sent us our, uh, our 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 badge, our our image, our button, our our button yet, but. Uh, we're just f- it. Go on yeah, and say it. Uh, right. We're we're finalists again. Yeah, we we a... made the short list for uh, podcast nominations. Yep, we are up for best fact behind the fiction podcast. That's right, because the best fart behind the fiction category was taken. That's <laughs> taken by NASA again. Oddly <laughs> enough, I don't know. Yeah, those guys <laughs> they cover they cover a lot of ground there at NASA. Uh, yep, got some stiff competition again this year, so yeah. we're looking uh, forward to it. I'm I'm ready to throw down. I will tell you right now, I have not booked a trip <laughs> you know on more, a plane or a bus. No more heart of darkness explorations into the, your own madness. Nope. No more uh, watching the sunrise from Nashville. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And no, no Dragon Con, but uh, yep, I'm okay with that. It was it was real crowded. Yeah, we're going to our we're going to go to the our own magnificent Ren Rencon. <laughs> Rencon. Um so we'll yeah, if we uh we we've got some some costume ideas if we decide to go through with that, we'll put some pictures up of that. Yeah. Uh once again, 
uh, the time bug, when you try to catch it, it just flies right on out the window. Tempest fugiting all over your face. Um, and I don't think I'll have uh, an uh, a, a costume ready, although we've got some pretty sweet ideas. We've got a whole week. We've got a whole week to put it together. <laughs> whole week. We're going to be I've solid. I've got to do everything else. It'll be great. It'll be great. But um, so yeah, that's what, not why you're here. Yeah, no sh- You don't care about our costuming plans. Nor do you care about making a mystery. No. But you, you, you care about other things in the Midwest. That's right. Not Ren Fairs, not Ragbris. How about monks, monks mounds? How about old ass civilizations you didn't even know existed? That's right. How about a North American native sit, uh, civilization that rivaled the Mayans? What? Cahokia. The Cahokiest place on earth. <laughs> you burned it. <laughs> That's right. Ever heard of it? I hope not, because that'll make things more yeah, interesting. It'd be real weird if you did. <laughs> yeah, Cahokia. Cahokia. Um, uh, located not just across the old river from a place we call St. Louis these days. That's what I've heard. Uh, in the same state we're in right now. Yep. However, far away, probably the opposite end of where we are. Yep. Had we time and vehicle, we we might take a field trip down there. Yeah. So, you know, Not maybe, it out. maybe in, in the near future, but... Yeah, how about we tell you what the hell Cahokia is? Who lived there? What happened to them? Uh, why why don't more people know about it? Hmm. And what's great about this, Cahokia is is an awesome fit for a subject for us. Yeah. Because I mean, for one thing, it's it's a relatively unknown site of huge importance. Mm-hmm. History's there. We we love uh, we love covering that aspect of of subjects. It's also a delicious mystery. Yeah, there's there's a uh, it's it's a giant it, 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 its highest point forty thousand people. That that was not rivaled again in North America until seventeen eighty. That's right. Uh, and so I mean, it was this was a huge place. It was it was a very important, and almost no one knows anything about it. It was completely abandoned. By the time European settlers came to the New well, World. Well, well by the time. Yeah. yeah. Let's give you an overview of this place. Uh, at its height, Cahokia was a sprawling metropolitan center of culture and commerce located just outside of present-day St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. It was so big and important. How big was it? Well, like you said, another city of its magnitude, pop, pop, uh, <laughs> nice catch. wouldn't exist for almost 600 years yeah and that that was that was in 1780 like you said philadelphia at yep. the time slick philly motown philly back again but every every source this is something i don't know if you've had this trouble or not but you you threw out the number of people as forty thousand. every source that i read I was careful to say, and maybe I don't. I say I say that no, maybe I didn't. I said as much as <laughs> that's that forty thousand is the the upper end of the spectrum. You you think so? I oh I shit, read, upper I end of my spectrum, I guess. <laughs> I didn't realize how big well, your fucking spectrum was, Flora. Well, I'm surprised you couldn't see it coming from a mile away. Why don't you spread that big ass spectrum, Flora, and let me see it? <laughs> Jesus, that was too far. <laughs> Don't ever say the word spread in America. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's for muslin covered in butter. <laughs> yeah, Slathered. 
I everything that I read had a different number. Literally everything I read. I have four books, at least four books in my collection that talked about Cahokia. Every one of them said said a different number. I got anywhere between six thousand and one hundred thousand. Jesus. I saw the six thousand as mm-hmm. like a, a low, but I never got out of forty. Uh <laughs> I think it's hard to know because it was comprised of so many small satellite villages. Right. In in addition to the to the center, uh, which is now called Cahokia. And so I think it's it may be a bit unfair to try and um to try and really put a number because where where's the boundary? Where do you stop counting? Yeah. What what is stops being the city, what starts being a suburb? Right. And exactly at what point, you know, when do you say, "Oh, this was the moment that we're 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 doing our yeah. our, our fictional census"? So it was big, people. It, for and for the time, bigger than the shit whole town you grew up in. Ooh, burn! About the name though, Cahokia, it that wasn't even the name of this place. Ooh, you know what the name was? What was it? No, I was hoping you would because no one knows. No one knows. They were not. Uh, at least to our understanding, illiterate people. They were, they left no writings aside from um, you know symbols and things like that on uh, on pottery shards. But yeah. there was no cohesive writing system that anyone has been able to determine. Crazy. The name Cahokia uh, was given several centuries after its decline, uh, based on the tribes that occupied the region when the Mississippi was explored by Hernando de Soto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the tribes there, I think, had the name Cahokia when he came, you know, busting up the river. And he's just like, well, this this place is big and important. Dang, what's with all these Cahokians? <laughs> uh, so archaeologists have dated the civilization to have existed between 600 and 1300 C.E., uh, with the height being somewhere around the range of twelve hundred yeah. CE, the I, I, some of the research that I saw had it the decline kind of push a little bit further back that it started to really jump the shark around thirteen hundred. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically ten ten fifty to twelve fifty. You're in you're in the good yep. zone for yep. this place. You're in high cotton. You're you're living the the good urban life. And then after that, it's just sort of. The roller coaster starts uh, sad trombones. Yeah. Now, if um, if this weren't cool enough for you, Cahokia adds more mystique with its main features: large earthen mounds. Yes. Up to 120 in number, uh, of various shapes, various sizes, and various uses. Mm-hmm. Plus, at least one wood hinge on its western edge. Yep. A wood hinge. Uh, there, the the largest mound called Monk's Mound because there was some Trappist monks that lived there briefly. Mm-hmm. They just just stuck there. Nineteenth century. They found a uh, structure on top that uh, came out to be about a five thousand square foot. What they they're not one hundred percent sure. They think maybe it was like functionally the governor's mansion. It may have been <laughs> yeah. the home for the leader. There's also in the center of. Uh, uh, I mean, not the center, but centrally located in a, in a very prime real estate position for Cahokia, um, a sports arena of sorts. They have a big uh, playing field. Huge plaza. Uh, and this is one of the things that made uh, Cahokia very interesting is chunky. Chunky. 
Chunky. Ew. C-H-U-N-K-E-Y. It was a sport. It was a game that was played, and it was wildly popular throughout a huge part of North America. It was not just played here. Although this is like where the NFL of Chunky clearly happened. Yeah. I mean, it was a very big part of day-to-day life. Gambling operations, um, organized uh, uh, play. And the the premise of it is um, a guy rolls a, a disc um, that is uh, something of a target. He rolls it, and then the other players throw spears into the ground where they think it'll stop. <laughs> and this is, I mean, sounds fucking dumb. <laughs> this is uh, this is before they had hoop and a stick. It's <laughs> before they had like a before cup. they invented the ball 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 on a string with a cup. Yep. Um, and so this was a huge, huge pastime. Yeah. People would would bet their entire life savings on this game. I mean, it, it's just like people gambling now. People would kill themselves after a string of losses in, in Chunky. And they'd play this thing all damn day. Mm-hmm. All damn day. It wasn't until the, the <laughs> 1020 that they installed nightlights. And That's the, right. That's just fun. huge fires. Yeah, a bunch of guys uh, fighting. Oh, I don't like the torches. <laughs> it's ruining the game. <laughs> Um, no, they have. Don't advertise your maze here. That's right. I can't see over the top of my 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 mud hut because of your ads. <laughs> I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put some seats on the roof of my mud hut sure. and charge people bunches of shales to get up there. And, and then then the owner of the uh, of the chunky uh, arena was like, "Well, I might just move this team to Yucatan. <laughs> you know, if I can't get any more breaks from the city government on taxes." I mean, the play the the player cap. I, you know. That's what you get. The the Yucatan maze gobblers. <laughs> it's like well, what? We don't have maze here. How does it? It's just like the Utah Jazz That's or the right. Los Angeles Lakers. Um, God, we spun that web. Yeah, we did. So, but so the, chunky. The chunky was also an important thing uh, sociologically. Uh, organized sports. I mean, this was a huge <laughs> yeah. thing, and it spread throughout all these other tribes. It, it was one of those uh, rare things that that everyone was into. Yeah. It didn't matter what tribe you were from. Everyone had an opinion yep. on Chunky. And Germany was always winning. Oh, yeah. But, you know, after the biting episodes and... <laughs> chunky. chunky. You got that, Paul? Chunky. Got it, Dave. <laughs> Chunky, chunky, Paul. Chunky. chunky. I've heard it. Chunky. You know, you're out there. You're going to uh, get out in the parking lot. You're going to play some Chunky, Paul? Can't can't aim. Oh. Can't throw a spear, Dave. Man, not me. Not me. I'm too old. Too old. I don't go for that. I don't go for that Chunky the way the kids do. The kids love that Chunky. Now we, we've switched roles. I think we can say we've done that. Uh, <laughs> Cross it off and move on. Um, so around 1250, the civilization started... Uh, a mysterious decline. Uh, but why? Uh, by the mid-1300s, it was completely deserted. Yeah. They said, f*** this place and all who don't dwell in it. Yeah. And you, you hit it. Why? 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 Why, Santa Claus? Uh, Nobody they, knows. Yeah. there's a, know. I mean, like uh, like any good mystery where no one knows, there's a whole bunch of competing theories. Yep. Which we'll get to at the end. Yep. Yep. Save that that Snickers ball. Mm-hmm. Save that Snickers ball. Well, yeah, one more right in the middle of that small. 
let's go through a little of the the history of of this. Yeah. Not that we're not knee deep in it or no. But let's really get in this sucker. <laughs> I can't wait to play grab ass with this mystery. <laughs> Some of these players are a little too chunky. <laughs> Relatively recently, it's come to be known that uh, a culture flourished in pre-Columbian America, uh, north of the hugely popular and, and wonderful civilizations in South America and Mesoamerica. Yep. You might have heard us mention the, the Mayans previously, mm-hmm. like five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, Aztecs. Now, I, I will say I need to stop the bus for a second because I realize I keep saying North America, but I'm, in my mind, like a good American, I'm never including Mexico when I say that. <laughs> But Mexico is undeniably a part of North America. Nice, Paula Scream. I know, right? Uh, so sorry about that, but you get what I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, not going to go to jail for it. <laughs> the uh, in in America, not Mesoamerica. Yeah, that's Meso how, how skirt. This civilization came uh, is now known as the Mississippian culture. Named because of its development along the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. all the way from Wisconsin in the north to the Gulf of Mexico and Oklahoma to Georgia. Um, also famous uh, and, and very notable for its extensive trading. Yes. Uh, things that were mine, one of the things that they were really into is chert, which is a type <laughs> of rock that is very easily flaked. It's It's really... It's really great for making tools. Yeah. And they found chert. Chert. Did you get that, Paul? <laughs> chert. Chert. Named my kid that, Dave. So uh, chert, chert, is, chert stucco. Is this, uh, <laughs> is this um, you, can, you, can, you can nap it, you can flake it to make uh, bladed. Nap it. Flake it. <laughs> Spin it. Bop it. <laughs> Twist it. Uh, but they found chert tools that they can even buy their design that were made at Cahokia. They found it in northern Minnesota. Oh. They find it up the East Coast. Up it. <laughs> they found these things everywhere. And, and conversely, they found trade items from virtually all of North America, including Mexico, Oh, in Cahokia. Wow. It's pretty amazing. Now, you might be wondering, with me saying uh, it developed along the Mississippi, how did it go over to Georgia? Well, yeah. it spread over there. I mean, that's a that's a thing. Like using you know, various rivers and and the whole you know spread uh, gobbling up um, tribes as as the mm-hmm. culture moved along, it got that far basically. Yeah, and it's and it was it's obviously there was a confluence there, but the Cahokia is is also it's not just on the Mississippi it's also on the Missouri and the Illinois River right so there's a lot of water there's a lot of coming into that area perfect spot could have built a three rivers chunky stadium oh man yep the uh, uh the once Cahokian again, pirates <laughs> once again Pennsylvania beats Cahokia the uh, for the Mississippian culture the the period uh, was divided into three stages you had the early uh, Mississippi uh, period, the middle and the late uh, Mississippi period. All of that ran from roughly 1000 CE to 1540. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the middle one is the the high point. That's the one that Cahokia is flourishing. Everybody's happy. You're getting chert. Chert out the wazoo. <laughs> I'm a chert baron. <laughs> um, 
this i mean i love that it was like such an important thing to them and they gave like the name just says i don't matter chert just forget me um now archaeologists have found evidence of of smaller settlements in this area going back as far as 1500 bce yeah but yeah. it but just for the but purpose hasn't of everybody <laughs> hasn't everybody it Cahokia didn't become a big deal until around 600. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, truthfully, not until around 1050, because uh, there was some weird population explosion around then. People aren't sure why why that was either. Right. There's tons of theories about uh, uh, cultivation, food mm-hmm. availability. Mm-hmm. And, and that all comes back to the whole, the Mississippi culture, this region, as it grew... It, it it coalesced uh, because of a few different factors that were um, kind of flying in the face of tradition, as it were. It's marked as as the time when agriculture took hold. Yep. Uh, maize as a crop became big and importante. Um, crafting. Importante. <laughs> crafting gained prominence. Uh, a a complex chiefdom system developed. Mm-hmm. In addition to permanent settlements and and um, mound building, that was that was a thing. But what this is coming from is is hunters and gatherers. You've got it's like we've seen maybe at Gobekli Tepe. You know, people stop moving and start stopping. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they 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 like if, if there's plenty of of woodlands, there's plenty of everything there. People, even nomadic tribes, will move through that area much slower than right, they otherwise right. would until finally that slowing just to like, eh, I'll try it. Yeah, and then they figured out we can we can grow this stuff. It comes back every year. It's enough to feed us. Mm-hmm. That's all you need, man. Yep. And they had, uh, I mean, in the, the ability, the abilities that they gain once they stop. I mean, the telekinesis, <laughs> levitation. <laughs> They've leveled They're up. They're time travelers. Um, <laughs> one thing that they found, which is kind of an interesting story, uh, it was discovered in the 90s, and it was uh, from an excavation. It was um, a copper forge. Mm. It was uh, for artisans working copper. Copper was a big thing. Mm-hmm. But what they what was more interesting is that actually they weren't the first people to discover it. It had been discovered by an archaeologist in the 50s who then lost it, couldn't find it again, which, like, how the f***? Mm. How does that happen? But uh, but they found this brilliantly intact uh, copper forge with lots of evidence of how they worked it, and they um, they used a process called annealing, which is similar to how when you imagine a blacksmith with iron, mm-hmm. where you, it's heated, hammered, and it cools. You reheat it, you hammer it, it cools, um, and they use this to to make all kinds of things, um, personal decorative items, um, uh, uh, weapons in some cases. Uh, tools. tools. I mean, it's it, it's just really fascinating. Yeah, back uh, when, and and again, uh, dipping our toe a little bit, when conventional history books are telling you that there are savages roaming the plains, these people have no true settlements, no way of life, no no. Right, and it, you know, and this is what we talked about. This is one of my favorite things. Is this 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 crappy notion that that everyone around the world was just stupid until Europe showed up. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's frustrating and it's wrong and it's it's irritating. Yeah. It's it's completely self-centered and dumb is mm-hmm. is what it is. 
we'll tell you a little bit here, uh, a, a little more about specifics. Uh, the city was comprised of this uh, central massive mound, uh, as we've said, called Mon- Monk's Mound. Yep. Monk's Mound was 10 stories tall, 30 meters. It covered about 14 acres at its base. It had terraced platforms and tapered sides. Um, it's it's almost like you, you take a pyramid and you slice off a little bit of it. Yep, build it smaller. Yeah, and go then up. keep go, going. But the top of it was flat. And apparently, I, I guess it's it's actually bigger in size, at least base-wise, than the Great Pyramid. Woo. You know, the USA. one USA. USA. Sorry, Mohammed Morsi. Go maze gobblers. <laughs> Go maze gobblers. Um, and these mounds, uh, they were of differing sizes, and they all had differing usages. Um, like I said, I mentioned that the you know there was the structure at, on top of Monk's Mound. There was the the mound that had the the artisan, uh, the the copper working areas. There were some mounds that were used for burial, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was which which implies a fair amount of of, of uh, civil engineering. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> Kool Aid Man. Not this time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I didn't write down the numbers on this, uh, so look them up. But educate yourselves. It, it, it was monumental because it, it was, was a monument. monument. <laughs> God, Zing. because they had no apparently had no beasts of burden to to lug all this stuff along, so they had to do it by baskets by hand. Mm-hmm. And 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 all of this earth, all this earth moved into these these structures. I mean, I mean, they, you know, there were some some rumors that that uh, four Englishmen had made it to Cahokia and they were going to be made into sleeves, but they you doing a pun they right were now? Like, they were like, "I'll never be your beast of burden, oh. never, ever." Okay, never be a beast of burden. Uh, but, but <laughs> really, you stopped the flow for just a, just a shitty pun. Yes, burned it proudly. Uh, this this took well, it took a long damn time. Some some places a hundred a uh, hundred years or more. Mm-hmm. Um, this is keep in mind these huge huge uh, mounds. It's by the basketful of dirt. Yeah, De- I mean it's just decades of. of intense labor these people you know hauling and and i even saw where uh the places where they would get their dirt are now like still lakes like they're man-made lakes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so people were were dumping these dirts making these mounds dumping dirts goblin maze and the the, (laughs) maze gobblers (laughs) and monk's mound is thought to be the residence of of the chief or the the king uh, who may have lived in in a home at the top of this? I heard he was called the Pope. <laughs> oh yeah, the the Caho- the Cahokia Pope, Cahokia Pope, Hoke Pope, Capokia, Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> it uh, it also could have served as a temple center for important ceremonies. Um, it's the largest man made. Uh, mound north of of old uh, Mexico. <laughs> yeah, North America, <laughs> starting at the southern border of the United States. Now there was one more mound there, 
What was that? Was that just for storing like milk and eggs? Some of them did. Some of them did get stuff stored underground. Um, below, like we said, below Monk's Mound, there was this huge plaza that was about fifty acres. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's 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 a lot of it's a lot of space. It was called the Copper Dome. <laughs> brought brought to you by Mound Thirty Two Copper Works. <laughs> keep them hammer keep them hammers ringing, boys. Shells are us. That's right. <laughs> and to it also brought to you by Small Conical Shells, the foundation of our economy. <laughs> Uh, surrounding surrounding this plaza, there were huts. There were some more mounds. All of it was ringed by this wooden wall. Too. Yeah, which implies military action or threats from outside. That does it. It it does. It also implies a separation mm-hmm. between the haves and the want to haves. <laughs> yeah, you might know them as the have nots. <laughs> you may have seen them in such places as the mirror. That's where I see him. <laughs> this is what free entertainment sounds like. Uh, beyond the wall, uh, farms and, and residences sprawled out from there, and that's that's where we don't know the, the boundary, really. Yeah. And not, not to, to mention how much... Uh, I was wondering about this, how much the city itself had to sprawl out simply to acquire wood. Oh, Wood and to feed it. Yeah. And apparently they partied. Well, duh. Why live in a city if you can't party? Am I right? Yeah, that's why I left Dusseldorf and went to Berlin because I love to party too much for Dusseldorf. Oh, everyone in Dusseldorf goes to bed like an old man named Stromfi at 8 o'clock. Oh, but not for me. In Dusseldorf, the music is like boom, 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 boom. In Berlin, the music is like, Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle. It's the chart topper of the century. Yeah, and my favorite song is this, uh, this very cool song called What If I Kicked You Into Ding Ding. It goes like this. What if I kicked you into ding ding? What if I kicked you into ding ding? Ding, ding! What if I... What if I... What if I... Ding, ding! What if I kicked you into ding, ding? <laughs> oh, there's your music video. <laughs> that is a hit song. Uh, I heard that's the halftime show at the Chunky Game. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this wood hinge real quick. Yeah. Um, they've got a hinge. I mean, it's it's a more temporary hinge. It's more explicable. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I get how they hinged this one together. Yeah, this was just a little west of Monk's Mound, was made of 48 posts in a 410-foot diameter circle, uh, and was maybe the third incarnation of this hinge yeah they found the post holes yeah the post holes the first time they did it it had uh 24 posts the next time it had 36 the next time it had 48 they added 12 posts each time more posts uh not not much more is known about that but they believed that it uh lined up with the equinoxes and solstices throughout the year because that's what yeah that's what they do yeah (laughs) Uh, important for for an agricultural based uh, society, though. 
I I guess I got to tell you it it never ceases to amaze me like how astronomy crops up over and over and again in societies in ancient societies yeah yeah I, I, and I'm so glad the world isn't full of Dave Steckos I mean for a number of reasons one it would just be too handsome two if the world was full of me's there would be no astronomy I'd be like no that shit's not moving everything is the same <laughs> you guys notice it's getting colder that's weird. I'm sure it'll be summer again tomorrow. <laughs> Still, I don't know. Like, why is everything tied to uh, to equinoxes and solstices? And, and yeah, and and it's just I, I mean, between an equinox and a solstice, yeah, there's a huge difference in when the sun rises and sets. But it's so minuscule day by day, day by day. Like, it's just just really amazing. And people, I mean. We're getting up with the sun going down, getting you know, getting, yeah. getting down with it too. But uh, I don't know. I, I it's one of those it's one of those things where we think we know, but we probably don't. Right? We probably are real big asshats. The collective we. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art there resembles Mesoamerican art. Oh. Uh, specifically Mayan art. I this art from the south. There was a thought that uh, Mayans did, you know, kayak up the old uh, ca- canoe. Come on, I know. Up the the Mississippi. Took a paddle boat up, big muddy. Yeah, and uh, and got there and and influenced culture. I find this a little hard to believe that uh, because most of their art and and the uh, they did a lot of little etchings on on shells and uh, copper pieces things like that mm-hmm. uh very very mayan looking now is that because you know some yahoos from the yucatan uh scooted up the mississippi and then influenced this whole flipping region yeah maybe what if they went up there and it this is just a very successful um outpost what if they were oh yeah well, dipping the toe again there. Sorry. But, uh, I mean, good point. We'll we'll circle back uh, for that one. But copper and shells, like we said, valu- valuable. Yep. Shells, marine shells, these, you know. Yeah, the little... I forget what they're called. But they're like the, the thin conical mm-hmm. shells. Really then, popular in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, it's probably a gulf thing. Yeah. Um, you might find, I don't know. There, there may be more around the, the old Mississippi. There's a lot of water there. Uh, chert, uh, of course. You can't talk about Cahokia without talking about good old chert. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was also a, a definite class system uh, going on. You got the, like we said, the, the aristocrats, the, the haves, some, some of the priest uh, uh, the levels. dirty farmers. And then you got the, the stinky old uh, farmers and the people that are actually keeping everyone fed. Oh, the auto workers, the welders. The, the chert herders. <laughs> chert herders. <laughs> there was also evidence of sacrifice. Oh, man. Grizzly sacrifice. Human sacrifice. That's right. Uh, there's the one of these mounds chock full of corpses. Ooh. Hundreds, Mound 72. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Don't, 250. Don't, don't, don't add all those hundreds together. I was just <laughs> saying hundreds more than once. That was uh, not an additive sentence. One of the one of the most famous 
uh, mounds that were that has been excavated. Found a man in his forties, still alive, just just running around in that mound, uh, thinking the war's still on <laughs> against the Choctaw. The the remains of this guy on a bed of twenty thousand shells, which were in the shape of a falcon. Mm-hmm. Birdman, Birdman, Harvey Birdman. Uh, also found over two hundred fifty skeletons, mostly sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Some missing hands, uh, were, heads. Yeah, for four males in particular, uh, young boys. Well, boys or, or young men, missing hands and skulls. Um, a mass grave. Just, just say heads because when you say skulls, it's like there's just like an empty like skin, skin bag on top of their neck. <laughs> they left the skin. They just took the skull. What a mystery. <laughs> yeah. That would be a mystery. <laughs> uh, a mass grave of 50 girls. Uh, also, perhaps the most disturbing. That's from when the first boy band, they all got married ceremonially and all the girls killed themselves. <laughs> Uh, there was a mass grave of 40 men and women who may not have been dead. Right. Not all of them. Pretty spectacularly yeah. gross. Yep. And they were just like lined in there. They put a layer of matting, then another layer of them. And I've got a theory about that, actually, that we'll come back to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Apparently, they're the, bo- the, the, the bodies, the bones, are, are some of them are found in positions that make it look like they were trying to get out. Yeah, they were digging their way out when they succumbed to the wall of dirt on top of them. And other bodies. Yeah, and other bodies. Oh, God. Yeah, gobble that maze. (laughs) Gobble that maze, motherfucker. Oh, you liking that maze. It was first protected, uh, Cahokia was, in 1923 as a state park. Uh, Interstate came through, tried to mess with it in in the 1950s. Um, couldn't actually just kind of invigorated, uh, um, knowledge about it. And it became a national historic landmark in 1964 and 1982 became a UNESCO world heritage site. Thank you, UNESCO. Once again. Yep. Today continues to be excavated. Yeah. It's a a good spot. It's a huge, it's a huge place. Huge place. Although roads are, you know. I think there's a road running right in front of Monk's Mound. Yeah, I actually rode by it, and I didn't realize it was Monk's Mound. And now that I've read about this, I was like, oh, my God. Is that That's what that was. Yeah, I I honestly thought, because sometimes you see those landfills that have that steep side. I thought that's what it was, because it is directly across the river from St. Louis. And now I'm like, holy crap, that was Monk's Mound. Yeah, isn't it? And that's how this place has remained, I think, such a a place that, that no one hears about and no one really stumbled upon because they thought it was just a hill here's yeah. here's a hill man and in this it's weird because it's in this kind of flat area of the of the you know near the mississippi but it's um it's it's just there no big deal oh wait there's skeletons inside yeah. there <laughs> makes you makes you think um let's talk a little bit about uh who might have been these people if yeah. not Native Americans. That's a big point yep. of contention, and the, and it's tough even there because the idea that this area was so expansive that um, how many tribes made up the the nation of Cahokia? Right, right. For those of us who don't want to just accept the Native American 
Um, Propaganda machine? No, thank you. How about Vikings? That has been thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Interesting proposition. Vikings tries to weasel its way in a lot of stuff yeah. in early America besides uh, Old Leaf. I feel like the Vikings got an inch and they some like like because there is so much verified truth that like oh no they really were coming over here and trying to get a toehold in that then people run with it they take a mile you know like yeah. because there was this little nugget of of really fascinating and interesting truth about it mm-hmm. that then it kind of goes well then it just goes too far well somebody's got to blow the lid off this. <laughs> that's right um yeah we haven't shit on alex jones for a while i'm gonna come back around to that <laughs> things blurry photos thinks about <laughs> um, uh there has there's something i've heard and i i can't i don't know the details of it so this is going to sound real dumb and fuzzy but like i feel dumb like and blurry there is a uh s- some people found uh some some viking swords or or some type of tools weapons things like that around Minnesota. Uh, There's that thing with the Wisconsin, the, the Rune Stone, the Kensington Rune Stone was there. Yeah, yeah. that was. And but, there's and there's uh, there's isolated conditions where I'm sorry, where someone was not conditions, but uh, situations where they found a, a burial, and there's like a coin, like a Viking coin. You know, yeah. like little little tiny things that hint at trade, but don't necessarily but, mean the uh, Vikings themselves made it that far. Yeah, there was this. This also has to do with like the copper. Uh, being used that that people were like, well, nobody in America should have known how to use copper at that point, but the Ugh. Vikings did. Yeah, yeah. I well. hate that argument. We, we I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna so. keep going over it. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this dude. I am done. I'm just so sick of this. Phoenicians has been thrown out there. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Ooh la la! Yeah, that's that's a that's a long boat ride. Yeah. Sail straight from the Mediterranean to St. Louis. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they were good with boats, yeah, but come on. Yeah, they weren't. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> Phoenicians. Uh, that that comes back to your point about the coin. I think there was a, a fucking coin somebody had somewhere in their butt. And, God. Butt coins. And, I mean, and then, uh, and like I already said earlier, Mesoamerican uh, cultures. Yes, yes, that's possible. I and mean, we know there was trade. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, straight, so. straight up. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it could be, could be a, an offshoot of Mayans coming mm-hmm. up there. Um, that's a. It's not that bad. I don't think of a journey from the Yucatan up to that point. No, guys looking for the lost city of gold did it on accident. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's a pretty good one actually for, yeah, for maybe I, who. that, that, that holds water for me. I mean, and it's interesting that there's, uh, the difference, the thing that actually undermines it on one hand, you're like, oh, well this, this culture, they're pyramid builders or mound builders. There is a very similar artistic style and then there's also human sacrifice, but the, 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 the nature of the sacrifice couldn't be more different. That's, that's than true. Mine. And I think that that's an important uh, difference, you know, the, the something like that. I, I, to my mind, I don't know. I'm I'm not a sociologist, but the the stuff I was getting from the sacrifice that I read about the sacrifice, 
it was that people were sacrificed with their masters, basically. It's like yeah. your attendees and, and your harem and stuff was, was killed so that they could attend you in the afterlife. Yeah. But, but, but most importantly, very, so that's almost an Egyptian. It really is. Yeah. Um, Phoenician. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, it, but it, what's important is that that is a very different from the reasons that the Mayans did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the stuff, there's no hearts cut out, things like that, that were regularly done. Um, there is a show out there that talks about Cahokia. Uh, it's one of those, one of them shows. Oh yeah, one of them shows. Has it um, got like four eight hundred pound bubbas and a GoPro cam, and they're just no, running through no, the actually, forest this shooting, is, shooting foundation stones with shotguns. It's just a high, highly stylized historical account. Oh, uh, but there are quotes around historical account. Are there boobs in it? No. Um, Pass. <laughs> It, uh, I said pass. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. No, they talked about uh, sacrificing a like a virgin every year for the for the crops or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, whatever. I don't. I, I I didn't find anything in any of my research that alluded to that at all. So yeah. And if it did, it may have been like the Natchez, no. something down in in Mississippi proper. Mm-hmm. Anyways, how about a lost tribe of Israel? A really lost tribe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's getting into Mormon territory. Well, you know what? I'm Yes, yes it is. Uh, because there's even a legend of a bearded, robed man who visited these people, told them to love each other, and told them to be harmonious and then disappeared, and then the society fell into chaos. Mint Morp. Uh, you know who that sounds like? The world's most interesting man, the Dosakis guy? That's right. He was a maze gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it it's, uh, sounds like Viracocha to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. We should do an episode on that. Yeah, that's 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 come up. I think even we mentioned in in that the episode that we covered on him was that uh, Tuanaku maybe uh, when we when we talked about yeah. him I think we may have mentioned that he you know made his way up up the coast there or whatever and then on up into who knows that's where, so. children of the gods right um oh oh uh, Von Daniken yeah um uh, maybe or it, it could be uh, oh, it could fingerprints. be fingerprints yeah I was gonna say it's right there on yourself fingerprints of the there gods Graham Hancock okay anyway. <laughs> You know What's what? We should try to star we name. should try to talk to some of these guys. Nah, no, no way. They don't want to talk to the likes of us. I I have a fear. I I I think this is what's keeping me from asking them. Is that they're going to be like, you guys are jackasses. We take this very seriously, and you you guys are assholes. Well, that's. I mean, I, I wouldn't argue any of those points. <laughs> um, we'll be very nice, but we'd still kidnap them. Uh, Atlantis no. refugees. Ooh. Uh. I saw that documentary that Disney made about them, and I just feel like they'd be more evidence of their laser weapons. For time's sake, I'm not going to play devil's advocate in this case. Yeah. Um, when we do our Atlantis episode, yeah, we'll we'll revisit that. Yeah, we'll come back in and cross this T. Well, okay. So, <laughs> if you don't like the Native American uh, uh, route, that's who you got uh, to play with. Uh, there's a list. And how about what happened to this place? 
I've read and I I believe this. Um, these are these are hashtag city problems. <laughs> um, first of all, like you said earlier, scarcity of food. It's very mm. hard to feed a standing static population. Yep. Um, it's hard to get firewood for that population. Thousands of trees a day for hundreds of years. Very hard oh. to do. And uh, most importantly, sanitation. What do you do with all the waste? Uh, you get sick off of it. Yep. And so there's a uh, in the research I did, there was a, a running belief that 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 they didn't solve these problems. No. That people did starve to death. That people did die of of disease owing to the lack of sanitation, the lack of cleanliness, and and waste in the city. However, they were continually importing people to support the city, like you know, just like New York City. <laughs> Bright torches, big mounds. We got them. <laughs> big torches, big mounds, big fun. That's right. Going down to Cahokia. Only two more days. Opening day. The Maze Gobblers defending their we're the only city in this entire country title. <laughs> the world as we know it cup. <laughs> yeah, the world as we know it cup of Chunky. <laughs> Let's get ready to Chunky. chunky. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Stan, watching these great athletes, it's it's always inspiring. Here we go. Uh first up, uh Platzenbleck. He's gonna he's he's rolling he's rolling the target and the key, these guys are really gonna try to say when is it gonna stop rolling? That's the question. And can I hit that spot with a spear? But it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> There's the spear tossing. Whoa! It's oh, into a stand. A lot of nerves. A lot of oh, nerves. Early in the game. Opening day can do that to you. That's right. That's uh, right. Real wild throw. Family, uh, wild throw. Doesn't doesn't need that guy. <laughs> but they've got a great souvenir of an opening day for the maze gobblers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, all right. Yeah, you you brought up a, a, a some great points there with with the environmental aspect of it. Uh, just. Just focusing on that, the deforestation, which leads to erosion. The yep. soil blows away, washes away. You don't Dust got nothing, bowl, to, motherfuckers. Yeah, nothing to hold it in place. C- crop failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about climate change? That's nah, the, fake. There's the, you fucking hippie. There's the theory. I didn't vote for him. <laughs> this, Human there was, life starts at conception. Right. <laughs> the thought that there was a... Uh, there's, Small ice age, the small ice age that came through at the time. Uh, just, just a, I don't know, a little. I, it, apparently, it was enough to stop maize from growing. You know, and I, I read uh, Jared Diamond's book Collapse, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's about that, um, and it's, uh, it's about why some civilizations thrive, why others fall apart. You know what happens, uh, and, and it's amazing how little it takes. I mean, just a, a seasonal variation where you get. A hundred years of 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 wetter weather mm-hmm. that really boosts crops and people it can suddenly support people. They stop moving, and so for a hundred years they build on this weather phenomenon. Just like what I was talking about myself, like I wouldn't notice if it was changing. Oh, yeah. And then then when that cycle renormalizes, and that it's not that wet for the next hundred years, it it the the. It's like a, one of those simulator games where just you move that slider bar just too much and boom, no one can eat anymore. It doesn't work anymore. And, and yep. societies are very uh, susceptible to that. Oh, yeah. 
It's it's a very tenuous uh, pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zing. And then with the the waste, of course, uh, poisoning the water supply is is easy at that point. Yep, you get sick. Uh, there was even the thought that maybe garbage pits were a problem because someone recently dug out. Uh, they found a garbage pit, and it was so full of shit that it still stank and was rotting when they dug no it out. No way! Yeah, that's kind of awesome. And it is really kind of gross. awesome, but. And and also that with that they were able to see a lot of stuff and and they can tell well here's here's some stuff that they ate here this is obviously you know all coming from one thing maybe it's a feast or something or, or mm-hmm. it's like you can tell through uh, you know uh, one man's trash how that man lives Ugh, or died and died I'm sure there is a trying dead guy to claw in his way somewhere. out of the, the garbage bag yeah <laughs> which actually thank you for bringing them back up okay you're welcome uh, when you've got a population that dense and you have a problem sanitation disease can rip through. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, just as a personal theory, perhaps some of those, those mass graves aren't uh, religious in nature. Maybe those, maybe quarantine. there was a quarantine. Mm. There was, there was a, a plague. And if a person is just really sick, they're like, well, you're already done. So in, yeah. in the pit you go, I like that. I like and, that. And I was thinking, uh, that's what I thought when I was looking at that, because there's, um, it, because not everyone was like that. It was just an occasional person and, and, uh, religious sacrifices are, are very, by their nature, very ritualized things. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of, well, you know, we, you know, so I missed, dead, I missed a few today, yeah. you know? And so that makes me think that it was done in a hurry to me that says quarantine plague, just trying to just trying to cope with a large body count from an outbreak. That's that's really good. I like that. Um, and the small the small number compared to um, the the whole of mm-hmm. the civilization there, with uh, there being around forty or so in that one pit, but forty or so people, some alive, some that like that makes sense for a small outbreak mm-hmm. that they want to keep under control, you know. But that also. Uh, one one more thing uh, could be social unrest. Mm-hmm. Yep, class warfare. Since you have such a delineation of rich and poor, um, and the the rich guy has you hearing me, Obama. The house. Are you, are you getting what I'm putting down? You smelling what I'm selling, buddy? Are you scooping what I'm pooping? <laughs> uh, the the richest guy in town has the house on top of that hill where everybody can see him. Yeah. Just sitting there on the other staring. side of his walled economic barrier, right? Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I think maybe the wall was there because there there aren't that many signs of militaristic uh, skirmishes, yeah, or, no. or, or or you know a society that had a lot of military. So the thought is that the the wall was more for keeping out the unclean, the undesirable, yeah. and um, I just had the thought. That maybe the pit could be revolutionaries. Yeah, something you know, people that were misbehaving, weren't weren't listening to the man, had to in, put him down. In the pit you go. So, anyways, uh, ultimately, we don't know yet. Yeah, yet being the operative word though, because it is protected. They're still working on it. It's a big place. Yeah, and there's just Not tons of, of interesting things to it. find. Yeah, 
Um, very, very few people working on it, but, but very good and smart people that, mm-hmm. that are, that are in on it and trying to find out, um, if only they could get more money. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> more funding for skeleton digging, That's less right. funding for missile launching. I want to live in a world where the military holds a bake sale and archaeologists get all the money. <laughs> I want, I want drones that find dinosaur skeletons. <laughs> I want mound buster missiles. I want to make improvised explosive discoveries. <laughs> <laughs> so that there you go. That's yeah. that's what we got uh, with Cahokia. Cahokia in a earthen uh, nutshell, probably <laughs> with a skeleton inside. Yeah, yeah. And the only the oh only, oh you know what what, real, what? Real quick sorry what? I was um, just about to shilly seg. I I almost forgot the. Don't make me pinch off a seg. <laughs> guys, you just hold. It burns. It burns. Hurry, hurry. It's turtling. The the mount monks mound the mound in the mount in, monks? in the middle. The monks mound. M- m- Mouth monks mound in the Mick middle. Mouse. It. I like strawberry. Sidewalk. It looks like uh what from the work they've done on it, looks like it has been built up. Uh, over over many years, mm-hmm. and and by that I mean it started out you know one size, then they added a layer to it, and then they added, and the the thought about that is that um, they may bury the living quarters or or temple where the the chief lives, and then when he dies, they they bury it, and and everything is covered oh, over and read. then built upon, hmm. so. Uh, so this thing's gotten built up this high uh, because that's been, you know, the the place to be, to live and die. I think it'd be over, you know, 600 years, 700 years, you'd think it'd be taller. I assume the life expectancy was still like in the 40s. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. True. That, it's true. It's true. But I mean, what doesn't help that is is this Mound 72 because they think that the dude that was buried on the Falcon shells was somebody of importance and, and maybe a chief or something. Oh. Well, so, yeah, I mean, they, they gave him... He's the Birdman. Birdman. Uh, anyway, that's that's what I wanted to throw out there. They build on top of mounds. Even even Mound 72 was smaller mounds or smaller burial things that they then covered all over and made one big mound out of. So I'd like a new facade of dirt on that mound. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I want it done in 200 years. Uh, so there, there you yeah. go. There's your nutshell. Boom. Um, well then, then I guess if that's that, then now's puns. How's that? That's what happens when you pinch off a seg. I would have expected it to be a little more explosive, but no, that's... no, it just hurts. <laughs> you, I mean, these, these, these are coming straight up the river here. Oh uh, yeah. I'm going to trade are. you, trade you a fine quality chert pun. Nice. Oh yeah. We definitely are going to have some chert puns. Who am I going first or you? You go, go. Uh, I have, you're going to like this. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. It's a, it's a type of pre-Columbian, uh, drinking cup for, uh, for your kids. Um, it's mostly found in, in that area in the Cahokia area and around about that time of the c- civilization. They're Mississippi cups. Uh, <laughs> adorable. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, a Sierra software back in business and better than ever they're making a, a new video game um and it's it's about power influence um trading 
uh, mercantilism, um, you know, and it's it's about, you know, it's from their tycoon series. Oh, okay. But they've also enjoyed, you know, a lot of success with the ancient empires. Mm. And it's, uh, so they're really excited to release Chert Tycoon. <laughs> you, got your, you got your chiselers, your flinters, your nappers, your long haul Chert truckers. <laughs> Build your Chert empire. Now with the most complete map That's of North right. America minus Mexico. That's right. <laughs> I uh, don't care what those Mayans say. The price of church going up. <laughs> Chert Tycoon. Chert Tycoon. All right. Um, now from Windows 95. All right. I got one more here. This is a pudding shop. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Where you get mounds of gross pudding. It's... Tapioca hokia. Jesus. I like tapioca pudding. Oh. So, shut up. <laughs> All right. I've got one, and I, I already tipped my hand a little bit earlier to it, but I'm, I'm still in love with it. It's a... Uh, it's just Chert Tycoon again. <laughs> it's Chert Tycoon. Chert Tycoon 2. Chert Harder. Um, <laughs> the no. return of Chert. No, it's a, it's a telecommunications device. It's a, a phone that um, can last... You know, six, seven hundred years if you wanted to. Oh. It's, it's a Kanokia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I hear that people can die if they're buried under them. That's right. <laughs> so then, then, them's puns. Them's puns sure are. Boy, we, we really have a mound sitting over here. <laughs> we do. We keep like not talking about it, passing by it. <laughs> it's just so huge. It's, you know what, Flora? <laughs> It's time to excavate. Really? Yeah. Because I was really hoping to, you know, just throw it away or... No, we don't have that option. Vacuum over it. For science, we have to excavate this entire mound of... Listener Mail! The children are happy. Yeah. They're going to get filled trips galore out of this one. Oh, man. Yeah, the kids are into it. I'm gonna kick this. I'm gonna kick this thing off white hot. Okay. Uh, first letter from a listener, new listener. Well, maybe not a new. You know what I mean? That's kind of awkward. I don't know how long. It's but first email. Yeah. From the bitter Cajun. Oh, bitter Cajun. I could have been the bis- biggest Cajun. I could have been the biggest Cajun, but I wasn't willing to play that politics. <laughs> bitter Cajun. None of them Gators want to wrestle me. <laughs> Uh, bitter Cajun hits I, I, us. I'm actually surprised. Well, I mean, so far, I'm not surprised because it is Bitter Cajun. So I'm I'm interested to see what uh, Bitter Cajun has to say. Um, and are they bitter at us? No, oh. not a bit. Even with all the the no. horrible no accents, not, that all I have the been Snicker bars and Vienna sausages, we're yeah. fine. We're okay. I still got my Snicker bar and Vienna sausage over uh, here. Yeah, no. Uh, he started with the uh, 2014 Miss Cryptid episodes oh. and says he couldn't think of a better way to join the blurry dum. <laughs> <laughs> New phrase we'll be using again. So we will, we will so he you. hasn't had the full effect of. <laughs> <laughs> The bitter part comes out. That's soon. right. Uh, while he absolutely loves the podcast, his coworkers may not be so much because he already had the act, the habit of slipping into accents occasionally, huh. which we cannot possibly be helping with. <laughs> Probably going to exacerbate that. But he kicks in with, he's got uh, some dream stories. Oh, cool. Um, so uh, when he was younger, he used to sleepwalk. 
and his uh, parents found him uh, one night just out in the middle of the backyard, out in the bayou, Ooh. Uh, in the middle of the dangerous. night. And in in his mind, he was he dreamt that he was talking to uh, little fairies or sprites. Wow! And even uh, two human no, sized. No, y'all uh, don't need no snigger <laughs> Come on out here to this bayou here. Uh, saw two human-sized uh, Sealy She. Wow. And, and to this day, kind of has a hard time remembering, was that a dream? Did that really happen? Sure. That kind of thing. Sure. Um, also, uh, used to be, uh, was married in a Wiccan, now divorced and not a Wiccan, non-practicing Wiccan. Okay. Um, he's a dude, but I'm going to go ahead and call it Hot Wiccan. Oh. Colin Hot Wiccan. Sure Hot he's a good-looking dude. Wiccan. Sure he's a good-looking dude. Very interesting. Why assume anything else? I mean, again, I, I'm on pins and needles to see what's going to happen when he goes through our back catalog. <laughs> oh, no. He's he's cool. He's down with it. Uh, but he actually had a, a, a dream that he was uh, he had an uncle who was battling lung cancer, but it went into remission. He had a dream that he went to Avalon uh, with the goddess oh. um, and was just really upset in the dream, shouting it wasn't fair, that his uncle, you know, mm-hmm. had children and everything. And and the goddess was like, I'm sorry, I, there's nothing I can do. I don't have any miracles to give you. And and that she he just had to accept that this was this was the time for him. And uh and it, it gave him a real sense of peace about it. Like he kind of worked through it in that dream. And and it turns out that a week later his mother called and the cancer was back and it was and it was uh worse than ever and um, and so, and he did, he ended up passing from it, uh, unfortunately. And, um, but the, this dream that he had allowed him to have a real sense of peace and calm about the entire process that he wouldn't have had otherwise. Hmm. So I think that, I think that's really great. I think yeah. it's, I think it's amazing when you, you can have something like that, that gives you that. And I think people have very rarely, but you get those, those rare dreams where that, that feeling from it really stays with you mm-hmm. and it kind of changes something in you and you really, you get to, you incorporate that into your life as opposed to the other way around. It's always your life intruding on your dreams. And it's, it's, it's a, a nice thing when, when something like that, that, that feeling of peace or calmness can, can stay with you afterwards. Yeah. I, I feel like I've heard uh, other stories where the goddess comes to people in dreams, you know, talks to them, is a is a guiding or or a, a source of wisdom. Yeah, and I you got to wonder if that's if it's different for different uh, believers. Yeah, well, so, in in his story, because the his family was told by um, a uh, uh, this kind of a Southern Baptist group that oh no, God's gonna heal the cancer. It's all going to go away. Everything's going to be fine. And in his mind, he's like, but I know it's not because I had my dream and I I know how this is going to turn out. And it was kind of a hard point for him to be like, right. Um, Yeah. And that does change a lot. Um, And unless you think um, his entire dreaming history is either child endangerment or, or sad premonitions, the bitter Cajun knows how to rock. And in this last dream that he shared with us, it's a bitchin' ass, car chase, born identity kind of just tear assing around a city and being awesome, being pursued by people. And uh, once again, the goddess appeared to him. But in this dream, things got a bit more, shall we say, interesting. Oh, oh, you better Cajun. 
little extra about the head off that crawfish. <laughs> a little extra spice in that dream. Uh, and finally leaves us with some very elegantly crafted punnery. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. And says, never stop the puns. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Duly noted. Yeah, duly noted. Uh, what a Cajun re- tells you, <laughs> you do it. Uh, the wrestling cryptids are his favorite so far. And yeah. he, was, he was sad to hear us leave out the individual who runs the wrestling cryptid world, Mr. McManticore. <laughs> yes. That's oh, really awesome. Wow. Also, uh, he can never forget the epic feud between the most electrifying bird in cryptid entertainment, The Rock, R-O-C, <laughs> <laughs> and his arch rival, uh, Sinbad News Barrett. <laughs> Really well done, wrestling. That's puns. awesome. That's awesome. So welcome aboard. Thank you so much for your letter, Mister Bitter Cajun. Thank you. Thank you. Hope hope you don't get uh, more bitter through the back catalog again. But uh, I think you'll be all right. You're gonna like give if, them a complex you, about it. It's like, what aren't they telling me? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, uh, if you're if you're into the wrestling puns, I think I think we'll be all right though. Yeah, you're gonna do just fine here. Floor, what do you got? I uh, heard from a listener called Luna. Oh. How about that? Luna writes in to say that they're so happy that they, they found the podcast, and, and we are too. We are very happy that you found our podcast. We like to hide it sometimes, but, you know, it's okay. So they, they used to be a fan of uh, Out There Radio, which I uh, used to listen to back in the day before oh, they yeah. stopped. Um, that and, and Mysterious Universe were a couple of things that... Uh, kind of pushed me over the edge for wanting to do a podcast. Oh yeah, the the boys from uh, the University of Georgia there. They I think you can still find that on online uh, iTunes. I think, but uh, out there radio. It's it was a fun uh, fun yeah. one. So um, and and Luna says thanks for uh, existing. I guess. Hey, so we're happy we're, to. Yeah, <laughs> and as you know, as God is my witness, I shall continue to. That's right. Thanks, uh, Luna. Thanks for writing in, Luna. You know what? Me? Yeah, yeah. What? I could have cured scurvy. Really? For hundreds of years, but I said nothing. Why? Because I'm a dark lemon, <laughs> mother. <laughs> <laughs> I kept my mouth shut, and I just watched their gums puff up. <laughs> <laughs> but if it weren't for you, we wouldn't have that Revolutionary War Memorial in D.C. Oh, he's true. Patriot. <laughs> Hello, Dark Lemon. Uh, Dark Lemon hits us up with uh, some really important information. D-Limbs? I'm sure it's not going to be upon at any point, oh, so okay. don't think that's going to happen. I, I get scared sometimes when I start reading Dark Lemon. <laughs> well, you should. Uh, really, really enjoyed the uh, the Pharaohs episode. Oh, phew. but did you know that the King Tut's curse was a little more involved than what? It? Yeah, it's true. the The reason only some of the original team were struck down was that it wasn't breaking the seal that brought on the curse, but rather entering the tomb's innermost sanctum. The curse only afflicted those who entered the chamber that held Pharaoh's most precious plunder in canopic containers. More properly, it was the curse of the Luton Jar Room. <laughs> And uh, he adds, the onks, guys. (laughs) That was a really well-played Dark Levin. Thank you. Nicely done. Man. Yeah. Canopic jars. Wow. They get you. They'll get you. They'll get you. you. Uh, We heard from listener Sean. Hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. Sean says, make t-shirts so I can buy one. It's a really good idea. It's a really good idea. 
We're working on it, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we we have a lot of discussions about this. We've got some cool artwork. We got some stuff on deck, and now we it's it's just the the boringest part. Like, Making how them. do we get the shirts? How do we ship the shirts? So we're we're working on it soon, soon, soon. so soon, soon, soon. We don't soon. want to deny soon. anyone soon. the opportunity soon. to soon. buy all soon. stuff. Soon, 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 soon. Everybody. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Got an email from Disturbed. <gasps> mm-hmm. Disturbed? Where you been? Well, I mean, don't ask. It's okay. disturbing. Don't You don't even want to know the answers. If Disturbed wants to tell you, then you're going to get disturbed. And then we've got to find like new ways to spell Disturbed. Disturbed's already had to use a Y. Yeah. I mean, this is how far this has already gotten. Don't Knock it off, Flora. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. And uh, Disturbed, unfortunately is indicting us for crimes against podcast ham humanity and we're going to have to go to the penalty box according to disturbed oh really Mm -hmm. now i haven't even read the charges yet so they are as follows okay um really hate to do this but have to call out on a penalty box uh in the pharaoh's curse episode where we talked about the the cobra symbol on king tut's headdress can I get some forehead cobra going right now, Flora? Oh, you, um, well, I don't know if he's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just cruel to laugh at a thing you can't see. But it's really great. Uh, the truth is that the cobra symbol, the Uraeus, uh, was a symbol of royalty and sovereignty of ancient Egypt, particularly the upper kingdom. Later, when the pharaohs took over the lower kingdom and adapted the added uh Nekabet, the vulture symbol, which had a similar meaning in the lower kingdom as the cobra in the northern, King Tut's headdress had both of these symbols, which I assume then meaning, you know, he's covering the north and south side. Right. But I mean, which I'm sure is true. Our our research was pretty clear, like the, the sources that we saw, and granted, I'm no Egyptologist, but uh, our research said that it was a protection symbol. So yeah, that's what that's what I found. Flora, what, what do you got? Well, that's correct. First of all, that that is correct. Mm-hmm. And while we didn't say it wasn't, uh, it didn't symbolize that. We we did say it was uh, a symbol of protection. It is if you look into uh, the what it where it came from, which was the goddess Wajet. It oh, is man. And once you get once you get Flora busting out some Wajet, you know you're in trouble. It, watch yourself disturbed watch yourself it, it is also a, a it's a symbol of uh protection that's embodied in that goddess in the raising up of the the cobra the cobra is a, it's a raised head cobra yeah. that it signifies it's an icon of the protection of wajet it just also happens to be yes the symbol for well Gavel, gavel, case dismissed. We were able to back it up, but thank you, disturbed, and and I that you should always call us out on on our bullshit. Yeah, I I think in in this case, yeah, it's just a case of of not saying the whole the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, disturbed. Not not I, I anyway. I we we yeah. really lawyered our our way for that one. But I like I like lawyering. It's fun to do. But yeah. What, um, else, we, what else we got on this this hit parade? 
And so you see, <laughs> this is why the follow-through is such an important part of the badminton game. Is the follow-through after you hit the shuttlecock is such an important part. I mean, I only wish Don Luke was here to show you because his form is exquisite. Sergeant Garcia! Sergeant Garcia! What can't you see? I'm teaching the children of the Hacienda no. badminton? Is is a, a more important message for you. What could be so important? Okay. Uh, hello, boys. Uh, sorry for my absence. Children, shut your filthy mouths. This is a letter from Don Luke. I must read it and hear his voice. I just got back from doing a month of archaeology in Belize. Marco, I said shut it. <laughs> and I've spent a couple of weeks. Cállate. A couple of weeks catching up. I hope that Marco is not giving you too much trouble. Oh, 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 oh Don Luke is so smart. Marco, he's on to you. Did you know that the gentleman pirate continued his career in banditry after his unsuccessful piratical endeavors? Huh? He teamed up with a handsome fellow and robbed banks. They called themselves Stead Bonnet and Clyde. <laughs> it's like Bonnie and Clyde, who I have no historical reason to understand. <laughs> a new tea product from Pessy was released with the collaboration of a well-known Mexican fast food Marco, restaurant. leave your sister alone! Although no one has been able to actually find the lost restaurant of Taco Bell Dorado. <laughs> it is generally accepted that in these lands one can find the, the new Pepsi product, which is said to calm and heal oneself should they concentrate on it for long enough. Uh, this product, of course, is Crystal Darjeeling. <laughs> Duh, this is so clever, Don Marco. Time out. Now, that's it. I have no more patience. Did you know that Edgar Allan Poe? would uh, cater his own readings. He would make several po'boy sandwiches, decorate rooms with uh, poses, and advertise all around town with postcards. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> An unusually strong crustacean that was born with a hammer in its hand Ron Henry, <laughs> a well-known horticulturalist who sold out to an iced tea company, Johnny Snappleseed. Oh, Don Luke, you have so many puns. I feel like I should save some for later, but I cannot tell me more. A song by Tom Jones about a Wild West showwoman, Bambalamity Jane. <laughs> Shout out to Led Belly. <laughs> and TJ. <laughs> <laughs> and regarding the curse of the mummy, it is well known that poisonous gases are a huge hazard to archaeologists, not in the least to one Howard Farter. Oh, it's a joke of flatulence, and I enjoy it. And finally, Marco, what did, did I say the timeout was over? No, no, don't look at me like that, Marco. A product peach. Has the Sahara Desert left you high and dry? Try Lord Carnarvon's anti-malarial gin and tonic. Uh, 
guaranteed to quench the thirst of the mummies. Felicidades! Once again, I must carefully fold this and put it into the bundle of letters from Don Luke under my bed, held together with a ribbon with his scent upon it. I miss you, Don Luke. Marco! You ruined everything. I shall miss you, Don Luke. Marco's a little prick. Wow. Welcome to the Hacienda, Marco. <laughs> it's a place with rules, Marco. And rules you need to follow. Oh, man. Well, I've got a great letter here from the Fortian Mine. Oh. And, man, I hope you're ready for this because it's righteous. Uh, Fortian Ryan writes us, I diot love your show, gentlemen, and wouldn't pass it up given the chance. Oh. Oh, yes. Uh, just recently started listening and has already inhaled the entire back catalog <gasps> and has had to... <laughs> Uh, open up uh, the grimmery from the shelves and blow the dust off its leathery covering, cast a spell to spin and spun to the <laughs> internet gods. Uh, we've got uh, we got some puns coming our way. Oh, yeah. Lock it down. Little known fact about the folk hero Paul Bunyan is that he had a younger brother who was also a lumberjack. Who? Um, Jan- Ronnie. Ronnie Bunyan. <laughs> He really rebelled against it. He wore leather jackets and smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Planted it, trees. <laughs> Although not as large as his older brother, he was still talked about, uh, talked about by people of the day due to his sharp black suit that he wore whilst in the... Oh, I love where this is going. I'm already... Invest now, people. <laughs> uh, he was still talked about people of the day due to his sharp black suit that he wore whilst in the forest using his long skinny arms to chop down trees. He was known as the Timberman. Oh. Oh, that stock just couldn't get any higher. Or could it? (laughs) Off the coast of Nova Scotia lies two more islands known uh, for their indulgence in illegal substances. On both sides of the psychoactive substance spectrum, you can visit Toke Island Mm. and enjoy uh, enjoy joyful laughter on the beach. Or if in danger of your is more your thing. Head over to Coke Island, but keep in mind that most who have set foot on its shores never get off. The more you know. <laughs> that was a really good. What is that called? Like a, a snort? A, it was like a, a, a snort battle cry. <laughs> I love those. Um, and finally, Nestled in a hidden location somewhere in England lies the burial place of a family that has long eluded discovery by authorities. Who? (laughs) This is only fitting, as in life they evaded capture, although they were known to hand out slaps to their would-be captors. The sacred place of rest is known as the Valley of the Springs. Oh. Spring Hill Jack Slap. Bring it home. Oh, man. Well played, Forty in mind. Thank you. Nicely done. So thank you, everybody, once again. Thank you. Thank you so much for writing in. Do not stop. And uh, couldn't help but notice, didn't see any mundane superpowers in this little batch here. So I'll, You know what? I'll tell you, because um, we, we got a, another explosion, and, and then you took off for Iowa. So oh, we do have a backlog. I think good. there are some in there. Delicious. There are some in there. There, there are others, uh, puns there, there are missives and, um, messages, n- nice, nicely crafted, uh, novellas in, in there that we are going to get to love it. 
um, either a supplemental or another episode, yeah. you'll, you'll hear yourself. You know you're going to get it. You'll you get it. You know what's going to happen. You know what to do. You know that you know the the deal. Yeah. Uh, iTunes is is good for us. If Five we get stars on rating iTunes. There. Thanks. This is the song for iTunes. <laughs> Thanks everybody who's rated us uh, and and reviewed us recently. That's very kind of you, and we yeah, very much appreciate it. It makes me feel good. Sometimes I don't often because it makes me feel awkward. But sometimes when I'm like, man, I'm having a crappy day. I'm not joking. I read the iTunes reviews and I'm like, I'm not devoid of merit. <laughs> makes me feel better. Uh, go to Facebook and, and like a page there and go to uh, stumble upon and stumble all upon it and mm-hmm. go to uh, Twitter. We're on blurry underscore photos. Uh, don't forget the donate button. Please um, don't. We love it and we have we have uh, good plans for it. Oh, we do. We, we do actually, which uh, are, are tied to merchandise that might mm-hmm. might be hitting up. Uh, the website's mm, and sometime also, soon. Uh, if you're if you're into this sauce, uh, check out Blastro Podcast, which That's may right. may recently feature an episode with the Davids. That's right. We Tori Belordo yeah. having adventures in time and space and talking about things we like. Yeah, mostly like us. us. <laughs> <laughs> Blastro Podcast. Check that one out. Uh, and, again, look, and look forward to the near future. We're gonna have uh, a little more a little more sauce on our end. We've got another uh, another arrow in our podcast quiver uh we we actually filled the quiver up we just need to shoot them right now very true so we've got some fun stuff coming in august uh with uh detori belordo's idiot roommate mark soloff coming up that's going to be fun yeah and that's going to be kind of a different format for us so look forward to that yeah we'll we'll tell you about it when it hits but uh you know a little little something extra for you to yeah we're calling it bullstone Yep. Um, and uh, the the plan is we're going to get with people that we like, people that are funny and talented and we enjoy them. And uh, just we're going to talk about uh, things of interest. So I know that we've uh, I'm excited to talk about time travel with Mark Soloff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we plan on having uh, friends of the podcast, uh, Mel Evans and Mark Coulomb from An Hour With Your Ex. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about something. We're, we're going to just shoot the shit with with our, our friends and it's it's probably not going to be very informational but hopefully it'll be fun and, yeah you know and just it's something uh, that we can lest you there. lest you be concerned that we're abandoning our scholarly pursuits this is this is again this is kind of like a sidesy thing it's an it just seemed fun to do yeah we'll still do a bunch of bullshit internet research and and still keep doing our bullshit podcast that's right and do a bunch of bullshit intros that you're like, when is this going to be over? So <laughs> let's start talking. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, though, that's what's coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. Hope you're uh, uh, keeping on. Um, man, summer. Summer's keeping on. That's right. But but we're neither soon. of us are wearing a sweat-absorbing headband, so we have that to be very thankful for. That's true. We have managed to put the, the studio in, in a place that is climate-controlled and... 400 Easy on us below the earth's surface in a bunker it takes us a while to get out of here but uh <laughs> totally worth it a lot that's, of that's, ladders that's that's why that's we why the podcast no, takes a long time we, we have a no no kilts rule <laughs> there was a problem <laughs> with the ladder one day anyways for this episode of blurry photos i have been david chert flora you son of a bitch <laughs> i really was sure that i put my stamp all over chert you did i just stole it no 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 dude that's fine because I pre-stunted around it. I yeah. knew you were going to do it. I'm David Extra Chunky Stecco. <laughs> the Maze Gobbler. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, uh, um, what? Uh, roll, uh, roll, 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 spear. Did we lose our chunky best there? Guten Tag, mein friend. I had just the simplest of questions for you before you go into the biblioteca. It's a simple question, but I must have an answer. What if I kicked you in the ding ding? What if I kicked you in the ding ding? This is the song that we are singing. What if I kicked you in the ding 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 ding? What if I? What if I? What if I? What if I? Ding 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 ding. Why haven't you answered? What? <laughs> <laughs>